0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to another live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing well on this Memorial Day Monday. Uh, for those watching overseas, I may not be a part of American culture. Thank you so much. Either way, hope you guys are having a... Oh, thank you so much for watching the video, but I hope you guys are having a great Monday. Let's put it that way. Um, if you're watching this for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, you're like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 minutes or 14 years, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted me. And I pray it continues to be treasured But as everyone is coming in live, if you're not at a cookout already, <laughs> those who's coming in live, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. And for those who's watching later, like if you need one-on-one coaching, if you need support in your relationships, you need support, um, coaching-wise, to help you grow spiritually, you need uh, support, singleness, purpose, branding, anything of that, of that such, of that nature, uh, let me know how I can help and serve you. Go to my website now, Iamunplug.com, and be able to sign up and register for life coaching there. Also, check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings: How to Find the Facts Behind Your Feelings. So that you can get back to fulfilling your roles in life. This book is a great resource to help you really get to the nitty gritty of why you feeling um, these feelings and, and hopefully begin to get back focused on the things you need to focus on. Also, check out my other book, on um, The Wholeness Journal, um, How to Hold... Um, the important things of life. Great resource, great book that really begin to get you thinking, am I really ready? Am I really whole enough to hold the things that I want to have? And how can I have a sense of urgency to be better for the things that I'm holding now? That book's available as well. Also, a good card game, a fun way to spell the word whole and talk about wholeness. Also, check out my other book, The Purpose of Singleness. If you don't learn about the purpose of it or how to maximize it, this book could be a great resource for you. Um, great, great resource. Also, if you're looking for a book, to help you in dating relationships, whether dating God, dating yourself, and wanting to be both for the love of your life. This book would be a great resource here. It has questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a book to help you process what's in front of you, to make sure it's, it's from God or not, so that you can really be set up to uh, receive God's best and not the devil's pest. This book would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you want to find the purpose of freedom, this book would be a great resource. Also a great book for young people, third graders to sixth, seventh graders, great book to help kids go over their art form, great book there. And if you're struggling with spiritual warfare, you want to understand it more and understand the whole armor of God and how to utilize it, here's a great resource here. We also have t-shirts, and you can get all that stuff available now on my website, imunplugged.com, as well as opportunities for you to give, support what I do, and as well as if you just need some coaching, all that is there. All right, we got questions coming in. Here we go. Christina uh, Sandon says, would you advise people to use dating sites? Great question. Now, uh, I think dating sites are signs of desperation. sites of desperation. Um, A lot of people who don't really trust that God is well able to matchmake. Let me tell you something. Match.com is not the best place for matching to occur. Uh, God is the greatest matchmaker of all time. Um, You have to just trust God's timing. And I I wouldn't advise people. um, It it just seems like it's like, well, I'm going to do what I got to do to make sure um, uh, I make myself available. Like I say in many uh, videos, I talk about how God doesn't need your assistance. You just have to be God's assistant. God doesn't need your assistance. And what I mean by that, he he doesn't need you um, to make yourself available to, to, to meet the right one. I tell people the best place to meet your person is in your purpose the best place to meet your person the person that god has for you is to be in your purpose because when you're in purpose you're distracted by purpose you immersed in purpose um um you're so focused on your purpose that you begin to develop as a person um look what adam had to go through in do in in Partially in purpose when naming the animals, he was able to name his woman. Right? If he didn't know how to name animals, would he be able to recognize the proper name for Eve? And so, what we're saying right now is that as long as you're in purpose, as long as you focus on what God has for you now, you have a greater chance of meeting your person. Because don't you want a person of purpose? Don't you want to be with someone that's also in their purpose? And when you're in purpose, you have no no time to be on sights, um, trying to be seen uh, on the scenes right? And so what you got to do is say, okay, in the meantime, I'm going to get off these sites. I'm going to get into scripture. I'm gonna get into purpose. I'm gonna develop my skill sets. I'm just gonna trust God's timing because his timing is perfect. And God is the best matchmaker of all time. I just can only give my testimony. I met my wife while preaching. I met my wife while teaching. I met my wife in the jaws of a version of my purpose. She, her friend brought her to my Bible study. I, In the middle of me preaching, she comes in and now the rest is history. I was in my purpose, she was in her purpose and purpose brought us together. And God's providential timing. Hey, Yvette, happy Moral Day to you too. Bell says, How do you know when it's God's timing or you delaying moving forward in life by your actions? Great question. Um, the best way to ensure that you are tracking towards being uh, uh, timely is to spend time with God. The more you fellowship with God, the more you spend time with him, the more you will begin to find your steps ordered. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Right. Now, to help you with the differentiations between the the two parts of your question, God's timing, you, you don't even worry about, don't even think about, don't even look for. Right. People get so caught up on God's timing that they're not maximize God's time now timing, time now. If you take care of the time now, you set yourself up to be in God's timing later, right? And and God gives grace buffer room. Grace is a buffer room. Grace, God gives us grace to grow, not grace to sin, right? He gives us grace to grow. So don't get so caught up on, am I in the right place at the right time? You might just be one step over to the left, but you're still in the proximity. God's not necessarily trying to get you in a perfect place. He's just trying to get you in the proximity of the perfect place, right? Because he knows there's human error. Right, and so when you make certain actions, you got to get over them pretty quickly. You got to be able to understand that God's grace is sufficient, that He that He's merciful, and that He, he that your mess ups can mess up His plan. That's one thing I have to understand about God's plan. None of our messes can mess up His plan. For His for our messes are even was already calculated within the plan development. That before you even thought about your mother's womb, before you even bright into the scene, all the messed up scenes were already in picture before you was in picture all your mess ups all your uh successes was already mapped out and in that got woven through your free will his providential will say so, so 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 when you mess up don't get so caught up on oh I messed up and and am I am I moving fast enough just just be mindful in the moment. Be mindful in the moment and then you will move in accordance. So to answer your question, how do you know when it's God's timing? You know when it's God's timing when, when when you're knower. See, don't go by here. Don't go by here. Go by your gut. You know it's God's timing when you have that unction. You know it's God's timing when things are confirming what he's already told you. You know it's God's timing. You know God's timing when certain doors are opening up for you that only God can open up. That's God's timing. So, like for instance, it was God's timing for me and my wife to meet. But in 2000, I forgot the year when we started tracing or tracking towards marriage. Things, the ring, the the venues, things just start opening up. That's when we knew this must be the time to get married because doors are opening supernaturally for us, giving us the opportunity to walk through those doors. Now, or you delaying moving forward in life. Now, you, now, one thing that you got to make sure that you're not in is in fear. Fear paralyzes, fear stagnates, right? So you know for a fact that if you're if you're hindering the process, is when you have the unction But your insecurities are keeping you back. Your fears are keeping you back. You got to then deal with that by renewing your mind on who God is to you and what he's capable of and what he has uh, given you the capabilities of doing. Right. And so now you got to assess your actions right now. Are you in any kind of fear right now? Are you in any kind of insecurities right now? Are you in any kind of whatever right now? You got to deal with that because that right there is the only thing that can hinder you from being maximized for God's perfect timing. Hope that helped. Golden Christian says, hey, coach, how do you create a husband or wife list? And is it really effective? For God to give you exactly what you asked for. Great question. There's nothing wrong with developing a list as long as you're not idolizing the list, right? There's nothing wrong. I have a vision, I have a vision board on my phone. Um, There's nothing wrong with having a vision. There's nothing wrong with having something on the forefront of what you want, because it keeps you accountable. It keeps you going down the right path. Because when you have a list, now the goal of having a list is not necessarily looking for the individual that matches the list. The list should be something you look at yourself to see if you match that list. So not only do you not only should you write a list spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially in regards to the things that you want in a spouse, you then got to write on the other side of that list whether or not you match those different things. Right? We're not talking about perfect matches like um, you have to be exactly like them. But you got to ask yourself: Am I a helpmate to that? Can I support someone like that? So, for instance, if in the spiritual category you want a man of God, you want a man that prays, you want a man that X, Y, or Z scripturally. Biblically and etc. You got to ask yourself: If I want this caliber of man, can I support that kind of man? Can I support that kind of woman? So, if you're going to write a list, write what you miss. Mm. Write a list of what you want, but also write what's missing from what you've been listening, listen, listening, and then get back to listening, listening to God and say, oh "God, show me the things I need to work on. Show me the things that help me mature." But also making sure that you don't create this golden list of this perfect person and you start idolizing it and not taking the time to to become a, a, an individual that matches it right so how do you create a husband and wife list It's what you do on one side of the sheet of paper I want you to write three columns on one side of the sheet of paper I want you to write down everything you want in a, in a spouse I want you to separate it into these different categories I want you to separate it into spiritual mental, and emotional, uh, physical, financial, and relational. You can do five categories and write down everything you want in a man spiritually or woman spiritually. Man that prays, man that loves God, a man, a woman, whatever, whatever, whatever. Write that. Uh, Mentally, I want him to be uh, mentally sound. I want him to be sober minded or emotionally. I want her to be, i have control over emotions. I want her to be peaceful, Uh, whatever, whatever the things. And then on the other side of the, of the chart, I want you to write down everything, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly view, right? And in the middle, now nah, forget that side. Just based on this side of the list, I want you to write down match or don't match. Match or don't match. So that you will be able to see exactly what you need to work on, not only to sustain but to obtain. I have to obtain certain qualities. That if I want a man who's a millionaire, do I have a million? Do I have a millionaire mindset? If I want a woman who who brings this or X Y to the table, <clears throat> do I at least bring some utensils? <laughs> what do I bring to the table to support the meal that we both going to share together? There's a lot of different things you got to ask. Do I match what I'm asking for? That then makes your singleness valuable. Then that gives you the opportunity to say, you know what? I know that God's going to give. See, the thing you got to show up, you got to be able to say, you have to have a friend of mine that says, I know God would give me his best. But and will I be his best that he'll give? You just can't be like, God, do you have what's best for me? You got to ask God, bring the best out of me so I can be the best for someone else. Sometimes we focus so much on what we want versus who we are to see if we match it right, and so I hope that helped. Hi, coach. Wish you well. All's well. I hope you well as well. Jazz oh, and then and then slid down. Jazz, what's going on, family? Jojo David says, What's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I strengthen my passion and patience for God and my singleness? Realizing that how you, how you engage God in one season is gonna determine how well you engage God in next season. Singleness with God is paramount because you gotta have to have to some level of familiarity with God in marriage. You're talking to a married man right now. I'm pulling off of the, the time of God that I had in my singleness. I'm pulling from the, the relationship and what I know about him so that when I lead, my wife and I lead my home, there's no fear of whether or not God's going to come through for me. There's no fear of whatever, because I'm very familiar with God. Me and God were ex- became extremely close in my singleness. So that now when I'm married, I haven't lost that closeness. I understand that dire need, right? And so many people, they spend no time with God in their singleness and then they get married to someone and don't know how to call on God. No, don't even know the unction of the Holy Spirit. Don't even know how to be led, right? So how do you strengthen your passion? First, you got to get back to the passion of the Christ, the passion that drew him for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the, the shame. He now has to be your joy. It has to have an eternal goal, an eternal mission, an eternal vision that that sustains a level of passion that makes you want to grow more into that image, to become more Christ-like, to have more of a Christ mind, to have more Christ actions, therefore you will begin to see the areas need to improve in your singleness, right? So you strengthen it by understanding the passion of the one who was strong enough to fulfill his assignment for your salvation, right? Now, then secondly, you got to come become familiar with his character. Who is he? Why is he a necessity? See, the issue is we look at God as a accessory, not a necessity. God's just an accessory. He's just someone that has along the ride of my selfish ambitions. He can't be a necessity, a accessory. He has to be a necessity. Like it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. There's no way I'm going to be successful in a marriage, successful at parenting without him. He's my source, not a resource. So he has to be not an accessory of like, he's a part of my outfit. He has to be the whole outfit, right? So you strengthen it by getting your mind to have the right perspective of of the passion that was drew you into salvation, and the perspective point of who he is as a person, and your and 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 the problematic traits that you have that makes him a necessity to ensure that you don't become a liability in your marriage. The issue is if you don't if you don't become if you don't look at your singleness as an asset, you're going to become a liability in your marriage. If you don't understand the the asset of singleness, then you're going to be a in marriage. And you don't want to be that. And now how do you have patience? You got to put things, you got to put yourself in perspective. And what I mean by it, you got to say, you know what? Am I really fit to be a husband? That's what got me off the whole uh, 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 desperately desired marriage. I had the reality, the reality set in that, Josh, you're not really ready for what you're asking for. And then when I begin to see that I'm not ready, then I bear hug and appreciate the grace of God for not giving me something prematurely. Now I understand patience. That's why the word of God says, count it all joy, we go through various trials. You gotta look at every trial as an opportunity to make you last a while. Trials enable you to last a while, right? So, So when I counted all joy, when I meet this trial, then I won't have to worry about being sour in the middle of a trial, cuz how you meet a test will determine how you are or fare in the middle of a test. Like I told my students, if you approach a test for biology or English with negative emotions, you're not going to tackle you're not going to tackle that test optimistically. You're not going to, but if you know you study and you know you're prepared, you're going to meet that test with joy because you prepared. And so when you meet these different trials, meet them with joy because you have some uh, uh, some obstacles that you've already passed that's made you an, a, a better person. Now you're looking at it as this is another opportunity for me to get better. Then when you count on joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, that I have to understand, do I have the faith for the next level. Do I have the faith to be a husband? Do I have the faith to be a father? Do I have a faith to be a man of God? Do I have the footing, the faithfulness? Then it will produce patience because you realize I'm not really ready like I think I am. I'm not really ready like I feel I am. So let me be patient because one thing about patience, if you be if you're patient now, you won't be a patient later. If you're a patient now and you allow patients to have a perfect work, you won't have to worry about constantly having yourself in surgery rooms as a patient in marriage. You won't be causing uh, your wife to be a patient, always have to go to the hospital spiritually, mentally, emotionally, always got to get checked up on because you know, because you <clears throat> are not who you need to be. So when you look at sickness as a gift and you understand the process of patience, that, that when patients have as perfect work, you'll be whole, complete, lacking in nothing. Don't you think your wife deserves a man that's complete in Christ, whole in the things of God, and who's uh, who doesn't lack nothing? When you have that in your mindset and you start thinking like the word of God says a, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So if you start thinking about your children's children right now, not just financially, but the mental inheritance you will give them, the emotional inheritance you're going to give them, the physical inheritance you're going to give them, the spiritual inheritance you're going to give them, the financial inheritance you're going to give them. Then I think it will change the way you move right now. It, it'll change the way you do things right now because you're thinking generationally because when you think generationally, you start making changes internally. Hope they help. Jazz says, is there anything you learned in marriage that you had to learn through experience or just didn't expect? Great question. All these are great. One thing that I learned was that I didn't know that you learned through experience. Um, Let me read again. Is there anything you learned in marriage that you had to learn through experience? well, basically when you get married, you 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 the woman that you marry is different than the woman you dated. They change overnight. <laughs> like like two nights before y'all went on a date, you get married, she's a different person right now. She's a different person. So the one thing that I learned in experiences is is being being handling inconveniences better. I knew that, but I didn't really know that until I had to go through that, right? And so I had to learn how to be inconvenienced. I had to learn how to to put her first. So some of these things that you you can have knowledge of, but you don't know if you're wise in until you have to go through it. So I had to learn a lot of things that what I taught people, what I had to teach myself, I had to learn on the job. Right. So I had experience in regards to common sense stuff on how to treat a woman or or stuff like that. But when you actually are tested and 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 you and and, and you guys had to uh, uh, fight and war together on certain things, man. Uh, you really see what you're made of. So I had a, I learned a lot about how deep my faith in God was. I learned a lot about how to handle being inconvenienced. I learned a lot about how to deal with the emotional needs of my wife and different challenges of my wife that that you can't learn until you're in it, right? And so those are the main things that I learned, man. And, and it deepened my patience. It deepened my uh, appreciation of my wife. It did a lot of different things. But a lot of, I learned a lot, man, because you can know a lot, but you don't know a lot till you go a lot. <laughs> and so when you go through it, you'll see if you really are made for it. Kena uh, says, hey, Ezzy, I still haven't heard back from you via email about the session. I'm hoping you're able to get to me. Resend the email. I, Kena, I, I remember your name. I did send you something. Check the spam folder. A lot of people, I don't know why Squarespace is sending emails. Says, Check your spams. I think I did respond back to you. And if I haven't resend the email, because I remember seeing your name and I thought I thought I typed, I did send an email to you, check your spell, because I had another young lady messaging me today asking if I got her uh, email or or whatever, and she didn't, okay? So check that out and, and get ready. And if also, if you're watching right now, you need one-on-one coaching and you want to get with me on the phone this summer, I have a, I have a, a, a lot of slots available because I just started, but they fill up, not I want to say pretty quick, but they fill up especially on yeah they fill up and so if you want to talk to me on the phone about relationship coach you need some coaching on relationships spiritual development singleness uh purpose branding or just you just want to talk to me let me know what your budget is you can go on my website imunplugged.com i'll post it now go to my website imunplugged.com go to custom coaching and uh and let me know what your budget is for one session or multiple sessions um get in now get in now get your get your stuff in now because a lot of my old clients are are are, are messaging me again and i want to make sure that i make enough time uh in these next 10 weeks i'll probably coach in the fall and winter but i'll start back my job again and so oh y'all can see my face now i i think we're we're good on that but yeah so get in now if you need coaching if you need <clears throat> me to help you through some things coach you through some things let me know your budget and i'll customize a coaching session based upon the times and all that stuff to be able to coach you so i'm available now i'm here to help i'm here to serve you all i'm done with the kids <laughs> i don't know I, I was a, i was a counselor uh helped out with the kids in my in my in my high school middle school and so they're on break i'm breaking off from them <laughs> until next school year but I'm, I'm open i'm free i'm here to help you all erie says is love conditional if not what exactly is unconditional love well look at the word condition uh conditional love is i only love you if these conditions are here unconditional love is i love you whether the conditions are fair or poor i love you right so god's love is unconditional meaning that he loves us whether we choose him or not even if you choose hell even if you choose if you don't choose him he still got love for you right so love lust is conditional love is unconditional True love, true love from God is when all fear is removed. The reason why love, quote unquote, is conditional is because people are afraid to love fully. So anywhere there's fear, there are conditions that that I'm afraid to love you unconditionally or I'm afraid to let you love me unconditionally because of fear, right? Lust, on the other hand, is conditional, quote unquote, infatuation type love. That that uh, as long as your body's like that, I'll I'll love you. As long as you your money is right, I'll love you. Air quotes for those who's listening. Um, as long as you are like this or that or whatever, I'll love you because I only desire you to be uh, to complete me, or I only desire you um, um, to to make me feel good at the moment unconditional love has to be guarded. Some people love unconditionally, but their unconditional love needs conditions. What I mean by that, uh, conditional unconditional love is saying that I love you unconditionally, but the conditions are I'm not gonna love, I'm not gonna allow you to unlove me. I'm not gonna allow you to beat me or misuse me or manipulate me. So there's conditions to my unconditional love. And some people need that. Like some people got big hearts and, and their love needs conditions. Even though at the core their love is unconditional, like 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 yeah, like a mother can say I love my son, but if my son is not honoring the the rules of the house and he's out there running wild and you're and you're causing drama to my home, then you're gonna have to go somewhere else. Even though I love you unconditionally, meaning that there's nothing that you can do or not do or do more to make me love you more, but in order for me to to love you without me losing love for myself, there has to be conditions to my unconditional love. But overall, love is or love in its rawest sense is unconditional. Right. Like God says uh, for for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just give to whom to whom the people he loved. He loved everyone that he gave his son. He paid the payment for everyone. If everyone accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, everyone would go to heaven. Heaven is big enough for everyone who wants to come. But he, he is a realist and he knows that not everyone. Uh what want unconditional love because now they got conditions for God's unconditional love. And God's like, Man, you can't put no conditions on my unconditionals. Hope they help. PTL says, Hey coach, I saw the message. I mentioned it. Coaching, whenever okay, gotcha, fam. Man, I'm going through a lot of messages right now, so I'm gonna get back to you, fam. Um, we'll probably get on a, we'll probably get on the call this week. Um, so yeah, man, y'all get y'all's coaching. I mean, send me emails. My goal is to get to everyone possible. So let me know what your budget is. Let me know if, I've, if I haven't gotten back to you in about 24, 40 hours. Know that I'm a married man <laughs> to a pregnant wife, and, and, and I'm going to get back to you. So once we get through Memorial Day weekend, about that business, we're going to be right on it. So get your emails in, those who's watching right now. If you want to talk to me, like, hey, man, I will, you, like it's your first time watching that. Like, man, he's answering these questions pretty good, and I need to talk to him for maybe 30 minutes or to an hour or an hour and 15, depending on my budget. Then, then let's let's get to it. I would love to help you is what kind of music do you listen to at the job or when you are having a chill time? You said we can't listen to worldly rap. I feel you, fam. It's, it's not that we can't. Uh, the, the mindset shouldn't be that we can't listen to it. It's that we shouldn't. Because can't gives it like, oh, we can't. And you, there's a negative feeling that comes with it. The, change the word can't to shouldn't. It's just not good for me. I just shouldn't, right? Because back in the day, I used to listen to Jay-Z, man. I love lyrical rap. Um, Jay-Z. Um, who else? Uh, uh, back in my day, Jay Z. Uh, pretty much, it was mostly Jay Z. Who else did I listen to? Anyway, but yeah, all right. To your question, what kind of music do you listen to at the job? At the job, I listen to. Well, I got kids, and so I try. I put kids on the music. I listen to a lot of. Uh, um, I love Jer- uh, Jeremiah Obligian. He's probably my favorite Christian rapper of all time. Jeremiah obliging Let me put his name in there. That's my brother, man. His his, his, his two albums, Jera. Man, make sure I, I gotta do him right. I ain't gonna do him like that. Jeremiah obliging Make sure I said his name right. Sput his name right. He's one of my favorite artists that I listen to, even when I'm in the car, when I'm rapping. Um, Jeremiah Blygen. Um, I listen to I love no big deal. I like I like Andy stuff, I like uh Lecrae stuff. Um, um I listen to a lot of old school. My wife would tell you, I listen to a lot of old school gospel. And you know, like the old school, um just old school, old school Kirk, old school Fred. I listen to a lot of old school, like Mississippi Mass Choir. Um, I, I like the I like old school songs, like old school, like that I was raised up on, man. So I listen to a lot of worship, I listen to a lot of praise and worship music a lot. Um, But when it comes to working out, grinding, I listen to a lot of uh, Christian rap, like Jeremiah Blige and Bizzle, No Big Deal, Andy Mineola, Cray, Um, who else? Uh, Kanye's new album, of course. Um, Proceed with caution with that for sure. every artist proceed with caution follow your spirit for sure uh, let me see who's all on my um who i got in here uh just because some of y'all know know who i listen to also i got two uh i have two playlists on spotify so if you want to go to my um spotify type in joshua you'll see my playlist i got a couple playlists worship playlist um uh, who else do i like oh kb maverick city some of their stuff. Um Brandon P. Um, a lot of gospel people like Corin Hawthorne. Who else? Uh who is this? Uh let me go to my uh likes category. Um, you know, I got all the gospel stuff in here. William McDowell is my favorite worship guy. I like to listen to. Um, a lot of these people's first albums. Uh, who else I got on here? Um uh, the Sunday service choir. I like that. Some of these stuff. Um, I got a lot of gospel stuff in here, man. I, I see people like Martha Minuzi. <laughs> uh, a lot of people I listen to there. So a lot of worship stuff, old school worship, man. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that that kind of help you with some of the names I put out there. Um, Jessica J says, Hey coach, how lately I've been allowing people watching me to affect my relationship. I'm so self-conscious because of how they watch my every move and thoughts. It's affected my worship. How do I live? Well, you have to live in the space between you and God because his opinion sustains when you get so caught up on what everybody does, and I was the same way. I was very self-conscious. Everything that I did, like like people laugh at me, I carry a bunch of mints around. Like I, I always say, I want you to have an enjoyable experience around me. So I got mints. I'm always watching. So even now, I'm I'm on top of myself from being so because I'm introverted. And 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 when I walk into rooms, people be like, "Hey, is, is Mr. As your coach, Josh?" And and I don't like to be put on the spot and stuff like that. But m- my confidence. Even though I may be awkward, I know I'm awesome because of how awesome God is and because I'm in awe of his awesomeness. So so what, what even though I'm awkward in social settings, sometimes I, I don't I'm not awkward because of them. I'm awkward because of just how I'm wired, but I don't lose my awesomeness, though. Like I know because my awesomeness comes from the awesomeness of God and keeping him as my awe. Right. And so to help you with that, people are going to watch you no matter. So you have to learn how to deal with this now because people are gonna always got something to say, always looking at you. Then give them a show. If they're gonna, if they if they want to uh, watch you, give them something to look at, look, give them something to be inspired by or deepen their envy of because of you and God. That's why you got to get into that awesome space between you and God where you don't get so caught up on people because He's the source of your life. And so now when you catch yourself in those moments, you got to have a reminder sheet or a reminder phrase or a reminder uh, 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 affirmation that you quote over yourself to say, you know what, God, you're awesome. God, keep my eyes on you. Keep Thank you for being uh, um, so impressive to me. I don't have to worry about impressing others. Right, so when I get on stages now and I talk in front of people, also, if you want me to come speaking in events, I forgot to put that out there. I'm, I'm open to, to speaking engagements as well. But when I get on stages, man, I don't care, I can care less about how I'm dressed, I can care less about how people perceive me. But when that chopper go, when they hear the glory of God in my lips, it is what it is. How lately I've been allowing people watching me to affect my relationship. So you got to say, why am I allowing them to affect me? Why am I giving them this much power to determine how my outcomes? Nobody should have that kind of power to determine your outcomes except for God. Right. You because now I have to make sure that not even my own wife can take my joy. That that God God is the only one that should have, don't get me wrong, she has the power to affect my emotions because that's my wife, but it shouldn't affect me to levels of depression or getting me out of character or losing my joy, which is my strength. So I want you to get sheep right now. I want you to write down all the people who have that kind of power over you. And I want you to write down, scale to one to 10, how much power they have. And then I want you, on each person name, I want you to write down why they have that much power. Right. And, and thirdly, I want you to write down why they shouldn't have that power over you. Or with that, I want you to write that if you continue to allow them to have that power over you, what will be the detriment of it? What will be the dangers of what will you lose because of it? Because when you start calculating, like, man, I'm giving you too much power to the point that you're gonna start affecting my parenting, you're gonna start affecting my marriage, you're gonna start affecting my business. I gotta let you go because when you get down to the spiritual aspects of it, you're now giving the enemy open avenues to affect you. So now you got to begin to shut those doors and be like, I can't give the devil, I can't give you demonic power over me. I cannot allow this person or these people to be demonic channels to determine uh, how I channel through life. So you got to see the severity of why they shouldn't have no power over you. And then you got to start, I want you to write, every month I want you to take a deep study over one attribute of God. One attribute of God maybe one one a month so the one thing the one uh, I just want you to look up uh, God's love look up the attribute of God's love I want you to study that the whole month of June the next month I want you to, I want you to uh um, study the immutability of God I, then after that I want you to pick whatever the Holy Spirit unctions in regards to studying God because the more you get to know him and his character, then it will shape your character and then you'll care less about these random characters that's trying to be play a part in the chapters of your life. So you have to live, you have to live your life and you got to get to the root of that, Jessica, you got to get to, okay, what is the root reason why I'm even doing this? Because it's probably insecurity that spawned from a father or a mother or spawned from a pre relationship that you that's gotten you now so focused on how you look to people. And then God's going to show you who that person is for you to forgive and to find and whoever that person is, I want you to write down why you must forgive them. I want you to write down what they did to you, and I want you to write down uh what they did how could what they did to you how could what they did to you um 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 how could that be used to make you a better person? That's what I'm trying to say, so I hope to help all right, let's see here. uh, it went down again. Let me scroll back up. Mm -hmm. Got time for a couple more, maybe a few more. Jazz says, if I'm dating a girl, is it okay to bring her over to my place just to chill with having no sexual intentions? That'd be different for me to wait for marriage just to chill too. Well, there's a lot of places to chill outside of the house. I think because the more you start bringing them over, listen, um, you never want to constructively build something in comfort always because it's going to make it very difficult. To constructively build something in places of comfort because you may have intentions now not to but if the environment is conducive for those intent because we've all been in situations where we vowed that we would never or we said that we would never and then the devil got clever that's why be careful when you say never because that's what makes the devil even more clever because now you're arrogant not arrogance but your your your, your zeal or pride, not, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you mature enough to understand this, the between what I'm saying. Because you never want your zeal and your pride to speak for you. Because the demons can sense whether or not you're speaking in wisdom, speaking in faith, or speaking just in zeal or just in pride. And if you speak just in zeal and just in pride, you in for a long ride, my friend. Because then all of a sudden you start thinking of yourself more highly ought you have to think. Then you start thinking that you're able to handle yourself even more. Because you got a long marriage to be in the same house. So don't, don't jeopardize uh, the house you are, you'll want to make a home with her and bringing her into your house now and then you set yourself up to fail because I promise you, no man has ever been strong enough to have a woman that he's attracted to to be in his house in daylight or no light because a lot of stuff can go down in the daylight. You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand how sometimes in order to do good in order to uh, in order to not do good don't hear me close when i say this in order to understand your desperate need for a good god for you to have good deeds is to realize how deeply evil you are and how deeply wicked your heart is the bible says the heart is desperately wicked it's deceptively wicked it's desperately wicked no man can know it So your brain might say you can give you the system and the strategies to be able to say, well, if we calculate this and if we she sit over there, your brain is going to calculate all kind of stuff. But this heart right here is like, do all those calculations. Do it all you want. But when you see that kneecap and you see that upper thigh and you begin to see it's getting. Ain't no no calculations in the world because you know what's going to happen. The other head don't do calculations. It only has one formula. It wants to do what it wants to do this head calculations all day we can but when the blood starts flowing from here to down there fam that, that 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 friend of yours has no has no calculations no calculating it it has one speed one thing it wants to do and that's it so it's best to say you know what maybe we maybe you shouldn't come over maybe we should go to, over to each other's houses because uh, we're not spouses Simple as that. Um, simple as that. Hope that. Because you're going to be married, man. You, go, you got plenty of time to be in the same house. And, and, and you don't want to end up, you know, I'm just telling you, man, no man is strong enough, my brother. No man is strong. I wasn't strong enough. We had to put strong rules. We couldn't. Now, when we got engaged and stuff like that, we went over there. But sometimes you got to be able to say, uh, uh, here are certain boundaries we must have to protect what we want to have. Because physicalities early on in a relationship really um, taints, taints a, mem- uh, a relationship and potentially tanks a relationship. It'll taint it and potentially tank it. And so doing physical stuff ain't it because it will tank it. Uh, and it's best to just say, you know what, let's just do stuff in public. Let's just do stuff in groups. And if we want to be alone, let's do stuff in, in where there's accountability, where, 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 our, our our flesh won't get the best of us hope they help. okay she said for god now i've become passive uh p- passivity is a result of a lack of passion we become passive where we're not passionate you have to feed that passion you have to you have to feed that passion for god and the way you do that is by sustaining the necessity of your relationship with god Chelsea Williams says, hey, coach, I will be 30 on tomorrow, May 31st, and we'll be walking into a new season and job. Any advice for turning 30? Give me one second. Chelsea says, hey, coach, I will be 30 on tomorrow. Congratulations, May 31st, and we'll be walking into a new season and job. Any advice for turning 30? Yeah, 30s is where it's at, man. 30s are better than 20s because you know yourself better. You, you have an idea of, of who you are and who God wants you to be and what God wants you to do. So my advice right now is realizing, man, uh, uh, give yourself a decade. Don't overestimate what you can do in a in a year nor underestimate what you can do in a decade. Enjoy every second of your 30s because I'm telling you, this is the time where you can go hide it's a time where you can really uh, uh, um, just really spend time with God. You have a greater sense of understanding of who you are. Right now, today, I want you to do right now before you turn 30 tomorrow. I want you to uh, take some time to reflect on your 20s. And I want you to write down everything you learned about yourself, that you learned about God, that you learned about life in your 20s. And I want you to reflect over your 20s and say, is there anything in my 20s that I need to repent of? or forgive myself for? Who do I need to forgive? Uh, um, what are some things that I need to let go right now because they don't deserve to go into my 30s, right? And so uh, if it's dirty, it shouldn't go into your 30s. And that's the mindset you gotta have, reflect. Anytime you reach a milestone like this, is it, the best thing that you could do is reflect and learn. Whatever you've done in your 20s, learn from it. And then after you done took care of the a- activity, when you cross over into 30, before you get there, I want you to also write with that what you've learned about your 20s. I want you to start reflecting on what you want to earn in your 30s. Then begin to say, okay, this is what I want to earn in my 30s. Create a, a, a vision board. I don't know if y'all can see it on my phone. My phone's kind of cracked. Um, I don't know if I can see that, but that's my vision board on my phone. You see what I'm saying? I got a vision board on my phone. And, and create a digital vision board and then put it and then put it on it. And I did this vision board. Um, when I do this vision board, I did this vision board uh with my class in uh in October, and my wife's still smiling. I got a brand new car, and we got our kids on the way, right? And so now we believing for land, we're believing for a house, you know. So so what I'm saying is you keep your vision in front of you. So I want you to write down everything that you learned in your 20s. And I want you to reflect and develop a vision board for everything you want to earn in your 30s. And I just want you to think about God's goodness. And that's a lot. But that's what you need to do. Because then when you go to 30s, you take a deep breath and saying, who cares if I'm not married yet? Who cares when I have no kids yet? When I turned 30, I wasn't married when I was 30. I didn't have no kids when I was 30. I'm 36 right now. I still got four more years in my 30s. So it's exciting times. And congratulations. And get some cake, eat, treat yourself, get eat, get eat, go take yourself out, eat something good and get you to your favorite dessert. Coach Josh told you to do that. All right, Jessica J says, for God, now that I've become passive, I've gotten prideful in saying I know everything, but I'm not a doer of his word because of these excuses. Eliminate all excuses, because excuses eliminate your effectiveness in the world. Write down all the excuses you have, Jessica. And then start eliminate them by with executions, reverse excuses with executions. I have to execute on this and be, implement more disciplines um, from your devotions. April says that's good, Coach. God gets the glory. Jazz says, Yo, Coach, I seen the marriage video of you and your wife. That's a clever presentation you did. Find. Listen, man, and I and that idea came the day of my of my wedding. I, all my bro, all my groomsmen can tell you. I came downstairs and uh i had vows but i just wasn't feeling the vows man and then and then um i i told my best man i was like man i'm 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 gonna do i got how many it was crazy see that's why i know god is in the details um i said uh the word found was on my spirit i said f-o-u-n-d i said i got five. So we went to Walmart, got poster board. We was all coloring big letters. And I told her what I found in her. And uh, my video's on YouTube. Let me see if I can find that link for y'all, whoever wants to see it. Um, y- y'all could tell I'm on break because I'm I'm just pacing myself through these live Q&As. Uh, it's one of my... Uh, I got 20,000 views on the Vowl. Joshua Ezzy. Let's see if it pops up. And no... Let me give me one second. F-O-U-N-D. Joshua, maybe I'll find it that way. Nope. Oh, here it is. Found it. What I found in my wife. So y'all can have the visual. These were my vows, and your boy got a little teary-eyed. You know you know what I'm saying? Because I found a I found a good thing. So there's the video right there. I'm posting on Facebook and YouTube. So yeah, man. Hell yeah. And, and, and God's going to give you, each of us, God would give you a, a clever way of how um, of how um, to make your wife feel feel found <laughs> and, and worth being found. <clears throat> and my wife's still smiling to this day, and that's the most important thing. I can care less about the facial expressions of anyone else um, more than I care about making sure my wife is good. Speedy Sprague says, how do we pick up our cross daily? I feel like I got through seasons or weeks where I'm on fire for God and steward my gift and then some week seasons I'm slacking and backsliding in some sense. Great question bro. Um, the Bible says uh, um, die to the flesh daily, right um, in order, I always say in order to have an amazing year, you have to have 12 good months. like in order to have a good month, you have to have good weeks let me say it again. In order to have a solid year, you have to have solid months. In order to have solid months, now, you hear what I'm saying? I didn't say perfect months or perfect year. We're talking about solid. In order to have a solid year, you have to have solid months. In order to have solid months, you have to have solid weeks. In order to have solid weeks, you have to have solid days. In order to have solid days, you have to have solid hours. In order to have solid hours, you have to have solid minutes. Your time must be managed. Every second, every minute must be accounted for. For instance, when I taught an economics class, <clears throat> I told my students, every dollar must have a job. Every dollar must have a job. If not, you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna spend recklessly. Just like every dollar should have a job, every minute should have a job. That that not micromanaging, but the managing the micros of the minutes makes. Weeks, days, hours, months—legitimate, more solid, right? So, of course. So, what I would tell you is this: Look at your life from 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 um, from uh, each season. Season of when you were successful, seasons when you wasn't so successful. Examine when you are your weakest and why you're weak. Mm-hmm. Look at the various parts of your week and ask yourself: When am I my weakest in my weeks? Right. Because then you will begin to investigate the surrounding factors that are contributing to you not being as faithful as you should. For instance, <clears throat> one thing I realized about me is I am my weakest after I minister. I am my weakest on Friday afternoons. So what do I do? I'm fully aware that I'm weak then. So what do I do? I already set systems around those weak moments. Right. So if I know that I'm weakest after these things happen, then I have to have support systems for those moments, which means, number one, I have to be gracious with myself. I have to be kind with myself. I have to be strong with myself and I have to be realizing that I can't trust myself. So if myself is seated in the sufficiency of God, then I can trust the Holy Spirit's vine that enables me to be the branch I need to be, therefore being strong enough to bear the fruit that I need to bear, right? So of course you gotta say, of course I'm on fire for God when these things are happening. Most people lose their fire for God when they go through uh, pruning seasons, when they go through transitions. Fires begin to wane when people are going through uh, different types of challenges, attacks on their character, stuff like that. So when you know yourself, you would then show yourself uh, uh, to God more and saying, God, I need you uh, um, to sustain me. And he will. But when you take care of your minutes, you have better hours. Take care of your hours, you have better days. Yeah, Take care of your days, you have better weeks. Take care of your weeks, you have better months and you have better years. But do an assessment on why you're slacking. What tends to happen when I go through certain things? You also said, also, are you still doing personal? Yeah, I sure am. Uh, um, I'm sure I am trim. Make sure you check out my website. Iamunplugged.com, custom coaching. I got you, bro. I'm doing coaching something. So get on the phone with me so I can get a little bit more detailed. Oh, so I can be able to know exactly what's going on so I can help you family. But that's the best advice I can give you. Take care of your time and your time will take care of you. I'm going to try to go for an hour. So I'm going to do uh rapid fire. Chelsea Williams says, Hey coach, I'll be okay. We already answered that one. Aries says, is, "Is getting engaged necessary? Can't you just date and then get married? Engagement seems like a standby. Engagement just give you a period of time, um, uh, where you prepare for marriage. But is engaged? I mean, I mean, I, the moment that you get the ring, on I mean, yeah, do what you want with God leading, of course. So I don't even know if the engagement is necessary. I mean, it depends on the culture. How much of culture you want to, uh, uh become, um." A partnership with like some people get engaged, they have an engagement. I mean, it's just a season that prepares you for marriage in regards to getting your ducks in a row, the house in order, getting things together, make sure you're on the same page. It gets a little more serious. Um, but you do need a period of that, regardless if you call it engagement or not. You do need a period, right? So now there's some men that will get you engaged, and you be you are on standby because they want to lock you down while they still play around. All right, then you, you don't want to do that, but you want to have a season where it's serious and you guys are seriously considered every factor when it comes to that. Maybe engagement is when you start doing your uh, uh marital counseling. I, I really believe that marriage counseling is paramount. You need a third party person that's not emotionally involved like y'all are to be able to tell y'all like it is to get y'all to do, um, uh, 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 to get y'all uh, mentally prepared for what's coming. Sha M says, if you don't see your singles as an asset, you will be a liability in marriage. That's a bar. Tweet that. Share that. That's so true. If you don't see your singles as an asset, you will be a liability in marriage. That is, the whole spirit be just dropping gems out there and it's it's out there. How to attract the one fast. You don't want to attract them fast because anything fast won't last. So if you're focusing on fast, then then you that means you're going to cut corners. You're not going to do, give things as due diligence. You're not going to allow patients to have a perfect work. So you don't want to attract anyone fast because anything that comes fast won't last. That's why the Bible says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Why? The first will be last because the first got there first. They got there too quick. They skipped steps. Therefore, they're going to end up in the back of the line. Those who are willing to be last will last because they saw the mistakes of those who went first. Jazz says, Coach, I know you are a teacher. How do you deal with the one kid that is a troublemaker? How do you try to get to a kid? Relate. Relationship, one of the root words of it is relate. Uh, um, I I always make sure kids understand that I understand. Um, Kids can care less about what you know, they care less, they care about what you show. And one thing, the reason why my office is always full, everybody wants to eat lunch with me, everybody wants to be around me because they know I don't judge them. When they make mistakes, I don't correct them harshly. Um, um, I don't. I, I I make sure they feel loved. First thing, if, if, if you always have leverage when you have love in your carriage, like you always have leverage, because when leverage over a child means hey, this, they trust that this person has this person loves me number one, and second, this person has their best intentions. So that's why all the bad kids are cool with me. Some teachers mess up because they want to correct the kid through. Versus just saying, "Hey, man, cool." They, they, like one of my one of my closest students, man, um, they gave they gave him to me this year. Um, a lot of teachers didn't really want to deal with him, but man, they put him in my class, and man, this guy's a, this guy's ten times better now. Because sometimes kids need to know that you love them, and that you're patient with them, and that you care about them. After that, you can correct them. C- kids, you don't correct the kid if the kid don't first know that you care. You have to care first because you can't care if you don't care for them. That's how I get to them. They know they know Mr. Ezzy cares. They know Mr. Ezzy loves them. And the way I correct them is because they know it comes from a good place. J says, what do you mean you can't put conditions on God's conditional love? Meaning you can't be like, "Uh, God, love me this way. Only give me good stuff. Only give me good stuff. Only bless me, bless me, bless me. But don't prune me, prune me, prune me. Oh, my wife's coming in. Oh, that's for me? Oh, look at that. Look what I found. My mom got some eggs. I got liver mush. Is that grits and toast? Now, I'm gonna go ahead and end this pretty quick. I don't know if she's trying to give me a sign. I can't allow my eggs to get cold. I can't allow my liver mush to get cold. So I mean, let me go ahead and end this now. <laughs> you know I'm saying let me see. Um, so I'll probably do probably go live multiple times throughout the week. Hey coach Joshua, is it good to be live here with you here again. Greetings from Singapore again. Thank you so much for watching from Singapore. Yeah, I'm on Apple Music. Just type in Joshua Ezzy. Man, I gotta go, y'all. I, I we don't want no cold eggs, no cold liver much. <laughs> hey, man, if I can give you these these eggs right now, I would, my brother. There ain't a lot of great questions. I gotta go. I'll probably come back, y'all. Maybe later on the day. Maybe tomorrow. And uh, a lot of these questions that I'm seeing in in, in the chats, don't think that I don't see them. I'm going to be doing a lot more like ten minute videos, seven to ten minute videos on teachings um, that are compact, specific. Um, and so I'm going to be answering a lot of you guys' questions and giving y'all worksheets with the videos because um, that's one thing I think is going to make me unique and special on YouTube and online is that you guys will be able to get um, um, some worksheets, and that's why I want to make sure I give y'all. But uh, for those man, so many good questions. Those who need one-on-one coaching, you want to talk to me, go ahead and email me now. Um, it's because once once uh tomorrow I coached somebody yesterday, two people this weekend already. And so uh and I got some people tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, but I have some slots available this week because you know I got a lot of free time. And so if you if you want coaching, man, you want help with your relationships, your spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, let me know. I'm here to support you. Check out my latest book, Facts and Feelings, How to Get From Feeling to Fulfilling. Um, your Role in Life. This book is a great resource. I got a card game. Oh, that's for this book here. Um, the wholeness Journal. If you want to learn how to hold things well, get this book here. If you want to learn how to uh, maximize your singleness and find a purpose behind this book here. If you want to have questions to either help the uh, wrong relationship end or the right one extend, or you just want to learn more about yourself, this would be a great resource here. If you're looking to discern whether or not something in front of you is a counterfeit for your counterpart, it's a great book here. If you want to learn more about Soul, Ties, and Strongholds, this book would be a great resource. If you have young people that want to discover their art form and better understand... Uh, 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 things in life would be a great book for anyone, really. Uh, my mother enjoyed this book, man. Uh, my, my uh, mother in law, but you know, mother in life, uh, she she read this book and she loved it. And so, it's for anybody. Uh, but these are cartoon characters. If you want to, if you uh want to learn more about spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of God and use it, here's a great resource there. We also got t shirts on my website, iamunplug.com. If you feel led to give and support what I do, I'll post a link there again. And you just want to say you want to be oh that's my wedding video either way uh, here we go if you want to support what I do and whatever you want to give towards that <clears throat> your your donations help tremendously man I appreciate judging the rest in advance we help a lot of kids we are uh, about to help one young lady you know the kid I always say kiddo uh, we're about to publish her book uh, we've helped a couple of students with their brands and we need support to sustain them help them uh, fish for themselves so you guys help y'all help me so much uh, throughout the school year um. Uh, so yeah let me see is someone suicidal or something let me see Harmella uh, I was really hoping for your answer Harmella where you at Harmella because I don't want nobody in here dying and uh, let me see where she at Harmella I asked that because oh, okay Harmella where you at I was raised in an Orthodox Christian house and I'm so curious whether or not it doesn't let me see Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you do. My question is, what does salvation mean? Does it mean the moment I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am set to go to heaven? Great question. Let's read it again. Oh, sorry. Thank you for all you do. My question is, what does salvation mean? Does it mean the moment I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am set to go to heaven? I was raised in an Orthodox Christian house, and I'm so curious whether or not it doesn't. Uh, I asked because I was raised in an orthodox Christian home, and I've always believed that my inheritance to the kingdom depends on how. You know, okay, gotcha. I see where we. I see where we're going here. Good. Um, so basically, this: the moment Jesus shed His blood, the payment was paid for anyone that does, that that is aware of their salvation by the um, pr- uh, love of the goodness of God that drove them to repentance. Uh, will then be have access to salvation. Salvation is threefold. There's justification. There's sanctification and there's glorification. Justification means that you were justified by God to be his son or daughter. You justify just like if I went to Singapore and I adopted a child from there, even though the child doesn't look like me, that child is justified as my son or daughter because I adopted them. Right? Some people believe that you can lose your salvation. Of course, you can you how can you lose something you never had? Now hear me closely theologically. Everything about life must be measured, not from us to God, but from God to us. Why would an omniscient God pursue someone he already knows will not accept him? Don't get me wrong. The goodness of God, the evidence of God is always in pursuit. But if someone, if God pursued you to salvation, then he already foreknows that you're going to fulfill it all the way through. Right. So salvation cannot be by works. It must be faith in the work of God through the Holy Spirit in the person right so obeying god doesn't make you better with god oh, like look at the prodigal son the pro- those there was the prodigal sons not the prodigal son people look at the prodigal son story as the only prodigal son was the son that went away what about the one that stayed he was a prodigal too because look at his heart when it's, when it, when the son came back everybody focuses so much on the one that did wrong and came back versus the one that did right and never left some people who have the quote unquote mindset, well, I've, I've always stayed and never did anything wrong. I've done everything right. Why is why is he getting better treatment than me at this moment when we should just be celebrating on the salvation premises alone? So if you're working for God's love, then, then you, you're putting too much merit in your ability to save yourself. When you can't save, you have to recognize that you are in need of a savior, that you're uh, unable to save yourself by yourself. And so let me make sure I got the other part of your question. I was really hoping you. So, yeah, salvation is not based upon works. It's based upon uh, faith in God and in grace alone. Right. And when you realize that, then you will rest in the saving work of Christ as God is working on you. I got to go. Y'all hope that helped. Um, Love you all. Y'all be blessed. Oh, OK, good. I'm not dying. I'm glad. The way, the way it came off, he was like, Can you ask and uh, can you ask her a question? She was saying she was wanting to go to heaven. I thought you like you was ready to just die right now, ready to go to heaven. My bad about that, damn me. Why y'all be doing that? You know, I got eggs and liver mush, and now other people that are in between gonna be like, Man, you skip me, coach. I better go. Damn, what's your question? I gotta go, y'all. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I got to go. I got to go. Uh, plus, we got a cookout to go to. I got to go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all so much for watching and trusting with y'all's trust questions. I love you all. Until next time, stay with God and, be, and, and, and just enjoy him, man. He's been too good. Peace.